What's going on? You're tuning in to Pick 6 for a very, 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 very special edition. It is, I guess, well, how many days are we away? Three? Four? Too many. Yeah, too many. Not enough. Yeah. Four days. Anyways, th- this is our podcast before Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. It should be a dandy, but if we'll bring you back a couple weeks, let's go a recap of the AFC title game, NFC title game. The Titans, the Tennessee Titans, and I didn't expect them to be there. Obviously, no one really expected them to beat those Baltimore Ravens, but uh, they led 10-0 early. It didn't really matter. Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable. Uh, it, but shout-out to the Chiefs' defense, uh, especially their run D, because that was actually pretty surprising. They limited Derrick Henry 69 yards on the ground nice. uh, in a 35-24 to victory. Um, and in the NFC title game, it was you know a smackdown. It was pretty embarrassing. I think the San Fran D even let up a bit. They were up 34-7. You know, Rodgers got some uh, late garbage yards. Raheem Mostert was an absolute beast. 220 on the ground, four scores. But, guys, if I can just take the floor here, it's going to get me into a little... uh, Jeff's going to like this one. This is an Aaron Rodgers hot take. So, cue Nolan Kangas hot take. Aaron Rodgers in NFC Championships. How about a 1-3 record? Uh, 63.5 completion percentage. That's not, not, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers-esque. Six, I mean, sorry, not 600, 269 yards per game, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. It's not great. That's an NFC title game. So let's go. Uh, the first only win that came against the Bears, your Chicago Bears, and Caleb Haney. He was the quarterback. How about that? And the Chicago quarterback went 19 of 38 for one touchdown and three picks. Rodgers had an unreal 84-yard drive to start the game. The second Green Bay touchdown came off an interception where they get the ball at Chicago's 44. The rest of their drives were punt, pick, pick, five straight punts, and a kneel down after that. Jeff, your Bears couldn't get it done. Come on. What happened? Uh, Come on. What happened to Caleb Haney? Come uh, on. How about that? The only time you went to a Super Bowl, you had to beat Caleb Haney. And you barely did it. You barely did it. Uh, so barely. Let's go, you know, barely. Let's go to the next one. You lose to Seattle. You were up 16-0 in a game where Russell Wilson threw four interceptions. <laughs> Rodgers was one of nine on third down. Lost to Atlanta. You were down 31-0. So, you know, blame the defense if you want. You can't go down 31 nothing against not a great defense when you're spo- supposedly one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, five drives, a missed field goal, a fumble, an interception, and two punts. So that's uh, that was that first half of Rodgers, so pretty exciting stuff. And how about the loss of San Francisco? You were down 27 nothing. You had 65 yards in the first half, including a fumble and an interception in San Francisco's zone. And I, I just want to say, I don't, I don't think he's a choker. I do. I, I know you yeah, do, but... Jeff definitely does. When do we kind of start saying that maybe maybe this is a hot take, he's a little bit overrated? Well, what, the better question is when do we stop saying it? Because I feel like I've been hearing this for the last three years. And, and let me just start right here, okay? Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near LeBron James in my mind. But this kind of reminds me of all the haters who just bring up LeBron James's finals record to say why he's not one of the greatest of all time. Like, you still have to win enough games to get to the finals. It's the same with Rodgers. He had to win enough games to get to the NFC Championship. You're facing who's supposed to be the other best team in the entire conference, one of the four best teams. I still think that's a really good you know indicator of how great he's been the fact that he's been to that many nfc championship games but but again it's when he gets there nothing happens he plays like crap so whereas lebron james gets to the actual finals plays phenomenally and, and this is with i know it's a completely different you know you have five uh 
guys on the court compared to 11. To me, I, I just think how like how do they not become prepared for any of these NFC title games? Is it the coach? Is it the defense? Is it Rodgers not being a good leader in these situations? Because six touchdowns, seven interceptions for what people you know claim is the most talented quarterback they've ever seen. Okay, well, well let me just say this. I think he's had two good to decent games and two terrible games. I don't think he's been terrible in all of these games. In this game against, let's go to the most recent one, the loss against the Niners. I think that loss falls in Matt LaFleur's lap. They came out with such a conservative game plan. On third down, he was calling plays to have Rodgers throwing behind the first down line. Like That makes absolutely no sense. Let the guy chuck it downfield. When they opened up the offense in the second half, Rodgers was fine. He played fine in that game they couldn't stop the run that he couldn't get on the field that loss to me goes to Matt LaFleur and the Packers run defense okay let's go back to the Seattle game he had a terrible game but that's one of the greatest defenses in the modern era that we've seen from that Seattle team nobody plays well against that team Mm. like who's looked good against that Seattle defense at the peak of their powers that win against the the uh, Chicago Bears no that wasn't an impressive game he did just barely enough to get it done but yeah I totally agree he was terrible and then in the fourth game against uh, what was it the Falcons Falcons. he had three touchdowns and one interception how is that a bad game but I just don't think in the first half you're down 31 nothing Atlanta's defense is already in the Super Bowl that's what they're thinking the whole entire time even in the Niners one if you look at his numbers yeah in the end of the game it looks impressive 65 yards at half and you even heard Troy Aikman say it a few times. Goes that is an awful throw. It was just he wasn't making good plays. Put the blame on Matt Lafleur a, a little bit if you want. How did they not go for it at, at midfield fourth and one and they decide to punt? The thing is, you're a two-time NFL MVP and a vet and one of the best quarterbacks in, in the game. You can audible out of that. This is a first-year coach. It, maybe they have an agreement saying, "Hey, let me call every single play." If he knows he's supposed to be such a genius and goes to the field and goes. Uh, no, this coverage isn't going to work, or okay, this coverage, we got to li- do this instead. He should be able to do that instead of, ah, I'll throw a, a bubble. I, I, I don't know. Jeff, I know you're probably in the same boat, boat as me, but it's probably time to start thinking he might be a little bit overrated. I think he's always been a little bit overrated. <laughs> that's that's for sure. I mean, you know, maybe you know, I'll, I'll take it back. I don't necessarily think he's a choke artist, but maybe a front runner is a better description. I just think he always plays better with the lead. I don't necessarily think he's like, you know, throwing terrible throws or terrible picks. He generally never does that actually to his credit, but I agree with you. I think he doesn't necessarily perform in the, in the, in, uh, you know, when, when the lights are brightest against the, the best teams. I mean, the Seahawks defense, I also agree. I think that's one of the best defenses I've ever seen, but I mean, like against Caleb Haney, how are you not putting up more points? And that wasn't also like, it was a great Bear, Bears defense. It wasn't the best Bears defense mm-hmm. and great quarterbacks can and carve up great great defenses. So I think he hasn't really performed. I also think like, you know, the loss against the Giants, the loss against the Niners at home in Green Bay, both those losses actually at home yep. in Green Bay, he performed terribly. He was nothing. He was nowhere. So I think those are other ones as well where you just, you see him like just, you know, just shrivels into nothing basically. I, I just think as well, because you see all, saw a lot of tweets and I know, you know, avid Packers fan and fan of the show, Caleb Tilly goes, oh, you know, the defense allowed this many points. Yes, that happens at times, but you get the ball back after that. So how can you not bounce back? How do you go down 31 to nothing to the Falcons in an NFC title game? You just plain didn't show up. 27 nothing, you didn't show up. 
And the one time you did, you were up 16-0. I get it was a great defense. Your defense played pretty damn good as well for the first half. Four interceptions against now one of the best quarterbacks in football, and you still lose. Yeah, it was a freak play. Brandon Bostick fumbles. We know what happens. But Bradshaw, who do you think – do we think we should you know, just start putting a little bit more blame on Aaron Rodgers, or are we still just going to put it on the coaches and the defense? No, I think I think it's fair, absolutely fair to blame Aaron Rodgers for something. I think he has to take some blame for it. Personally – I put more of the blame in the past on Mike McCarthy just because I've never been a big Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. fan. I'm sorry that David Crosby has to deal with that. Don't be sorry. I'm so happy to be rid of Jason. <laughs> I, I'm welcoming McCarthy with open arms. I, yeah, I guess when like the bar is set at zero, it's like <laughs> when you get to like two, it's anything's above it, right? But I, I, I think it's absolutely fair to blame Aaron Rodgers for some of his performances, like the one against the the Seahawks. Like you have four extra possessions on those four interceptions, you need to do something with it. Mm-hmm. You can do something more with that than just sixteen nothing. So I, th- I think some th- I think some of the blame can absolutely go on Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time I think part of it is some of the talent around him. I think I think uh, their old former GM Ted Thompson and their head coach Mike McCarthy absolutely squandered him for mm. many many years. I, I love the conversation. I, I just think we needed to get a little Aaron Rodgers heat in there um, <laughs> because you know it's fun being a Vikings fan and seeing the Packers you know embarrass themselves on national television again. But let's move to the big topic, the Super Bowl. Obviously, I'm really excited for this one. You know, we think of past Super Bowls. I, 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 you know, I, I'm going to go with this team. They just, you know, seem better on paper. All this stuff. I don't know who to pick in this mm-hmm. game, and we're going to get to that. But let's talk about on paper. What is the biggest advantage in this game, Jeff? Get me started. I think I would go probably with the. I'd say the offensive line actually for the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. just because I mean, in partly, I guess that's partly scheme, right? And just. Generally, maybe you could say the blocking, the blocking of the San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think um, also just in terms of their run defense. I know that they they've had like the best r- r- run defense in, in these playoffs, but I just think that you know it's not going to be as simple as Derrick Henry running up the middle. You know what I mean? It's going to be a lot more. It's going to be a lot more more tricks, and it's going to be a lot harder to I think initially decipher who's getting the ball against a run defense that has generally not been the best throughout the entire NFL season. So I definitely, I have to give them that there. And I think it just, you know, it's weird. This is like one of those, I don't think we would look back and say that many great running teams, like, you know, this team can almost win in a shootout with their their rushing attack. No, I completely agree. And I think something that's going to be a key thing to watch is Chris Jones, his health. Andy Reid says he's 100% healthy. He played well against Derrick Henry in that AFC title game. Um, someone, I, I hope this guy has no impact on the game. Uh, maybe you guys like him. Frank Clark, he talks so damn much. Frank, well, Frank Clark is a piece of garbage. But, oh, I know. Like, shut but, up. Uh, I don't mean just the talking. I mean, oh, like, he, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a piece of garbage. But, and yeah, no, I don't think as a player, he's incredibly talented, but he talks. He does talk a lot. And, and, you know, he goes, oh, Derrick Henry's not going to do this. Derrick Henry's not going to do this. I, I don't remember how many times in that game where he was, the, you know, the first guy to get on Henry, slow him down. Usually he was like the, the very last person you'd see on screen, and then he just kind of <laughs> let up and let his arms go. Just like, okay, cool, we're good, we're good. Yeah, got Jumps it, got on the it. pile and celebrates. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the worst. Either way, Chris Jones is going to be the key thing mm-hmm. in that run uh, stop for the Chiefs. So I do like that. I love this San Francisco O-line. Crosby, who do you have as the probably the biggest advantage? 
Well, I was going to say team speed for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I had to go with Patrick Mahomes. I just think he is the ultimate trump card in this game, and that's why I think, you know, a little spoiler alert, the Chiefs are going to win. I want to go back to the AFC championship game for a second and talk about that 27-yard run that Mahomes had. That was probably the iconic moment of his very, very short career so far. I'm sure he's going to have many opportunities to top that. But trying to put that in perspective of the Chiefs haven't been to the Super Bowl in, what, 50 years? Something like that. So that 27-yard run to me is is not quite on the level of the LeBron chase down block or the Ray Allen three in the NBA Finals, but I would put it right up there with Kawhi Leonard's four bouncer against the 76ers and Lillard's three from the logo to to end the Thunder series. Like that run pretty much took the took the wind out of the Titans and the Chiefs couldn't be slowed down after that. Do you kind of agree that that moment was that big for Mahomes? It's kind of odd you compare it to, you know, several different basketball plays, but I I think I, it's just, crazy to think that a run it is you know where he's you know gifted with a cannon of an arm. That is the thing. I, I went to basketball just because of you know you you can almost feel the energy on a series-ending shot like that, where it propels a team forward to a place where you know they not necessarily they hadn't been there as long as the Chiefs' 50-year drought, but it's just kind of like that one play that encapsulates you moving on to the next round. I find it a little more difficult to compare to other NFL. Players. Plays because most of the time in football, it'll be multiple people, a pass from the quarterback and a great catch from the receiver, some great blocks and a really great run like Marshawn Lynch. But in this case, it was all Mahomes. It was 100% Mahomes did that entirely by himself. And that's hard to compare to another football play to me. That's the one thing that is scaring me with what pick I'm going to make because I am giving the level of respect to Patrick Mahomes that you would to Tom Brady going into a a Super Bowl just because he has that much talent. Bradshaw, who's the uh, advantage? Uh, I'm going to give it to the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. The mm-hmm. fact that you can get pressure with those four guys, Buckner, Armstead, Ford, and Nick Bosa, I think that's an incredibly huge advantage that allows the secondary to be more aggressive and allows them to do different things in their coverages because they only they can get pressure with just those four guys. They were top five in the league in sacks, and that was with out without D Ford for about five games this year. And they lead the uh, and they lead the postseason in sacks. So they have nine through two games. That's pretty impressive. It, <laughs> so it, I, I think I think that's for me is their biggest uh, advantage. And I think that's a big one as well. I think I'd be shocked if Kansas City had more sacks in this game than San Fran. It's oh, absolutely wild. Four first rounders mm-hmm. on that D line. Uh, and I'm going to make it a San Fran advantage as well. So that's pretty wild that we're going to have San Fran O-line, San Fran D-line. I'm going to go San Francisco's tight end, George Kittle, against their defense. Kansas City allowed the seventh most yards uh, uh, in the regular season to tight ends. So far in the playoffs, nine catches, 80 yards, and a score to tight ends. And that's a bunch of different tight ends. No one is as good as George Kittle on any of the, you know, Houston's roster or on Tennessee's roster. I just think either George Kittle blocking a defensive end. So whether he is blocking Frank Clark and getting him out of the play, whether it's gonna, he's going to help Wham or help Chip Chris Jones in the run game, or he takes Tyron Matthew completely out of the play, which is maybe the most important defensive player for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how much impact George Kill has, and I think that's going to be a huge mismatch heading into Sunday. I'd love. It doesn't really matter the way. Kyle Shanahan uses him, and George Kittle's fine with that. He'd be fine putting up three catches for 20 yards or getting a couple pancake blocks.
it doesn't really matter. But that goes to our next discussion, tight ends. These are the two best tight ends in football. Who is the most complete tight end? Crosby, you can get me started. Is it Travis Kelsey or is it George Kittle? This was actually a pretty easy decision for me. It has to be George Kittle. He is so much better at run blocking that I think it just sets him apart from Kelsey. And Kelsey, to be honest, is probably the better natural receiver. I think his roots are a little better. Kittle's a beast after the run. I mean, it's 100% effort with him. Like, it is so hard to bring him down after he catches the ball. As far as root running ability alone, I would probably take Kelsey. He's also a bit of an underrated pass uh, pass blocker as well. Just nowhere near the run blocker that Kittle is. Jeff, who do you have? I have Kittle as well. I, I, I pretty much, yeah, I echo everything that Crosby said. You know, amazing run blocker. Just putting guys on their back all the time. I don't remember the last time we've really seen do that except like Gronk pretty much. Mm. And then obviously, run after the catch, he's great with. I think he's so physically, so much physically better than, than, uh, than, than Kelsey as well. You know, he, I think he might even be stronger even though he's smaller, which is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, I think his run blocking is amazing. Right after the catch, he's, he's just an absolute beast. I also just think he's insane. Yeah. Like, I actually do think he's genuinely insane. He seems like a, an absolutely mental human being. But I, I love George Kittle. I, th- I think he's just a notch above him. Both of these guys are, you know, incredibly fun to watch, and they just seem like great personalities. Bradshaw, who do you have? I, gotta, I, gotta, I don't want to make it unanimous, yeah, but right. it has to be George Kittle. I think, the, I think they're close enough in the receiving ability that the blocking from George Kittle as both Jeff and David already mentioned, puts him ahead. Like, I think that's enough of an advantage. I think the receiving ability, I, I do agree that Kelsey's probably the better natural receiver, but I think it's the run blocking that puts him just a little bit ahead. I think it's close enough receiving. I just want to say I love that uh, the MMA fan and Jeff is coming through, that calling someone mental and insane is like a compliment coming from <laughs> Jeff. He's like, this guy is totally off his rocker, man. Like, he's the greatest, you know? It's I, I just it. hilarious. I love it. I love the, com- the, the competitiveness that comes out of him. And, you know, breaking down these two guys, I, I you know, just went to uh, Pro Football Reference. I looked at their last two seasons because, uh, obviously, George Kittle's rookie year was 2017. So, Kelsey has 27 more catches, has about 125 more yards and five more touchdowns, though. Kittle has a, uh, a couple more yards per reception. Uh, per game, though, they're actually pretty, pretty close. Kittle has one more yard per game than Travis Kelsey, but... Complete. I I think I got to make it a grand slam, and I think complete means you're doing. I think complete means you're doing everything, uh, and that includes the run game. Now, something that would be interesting is if you swap the two tight ends. If you put Travis Kelsey in San Francisco, would he have the same impact that George Kittle has? I don't know. I don't think so. I think these two players are on the the teams yeah. that best mm. use their skills. I just feel like. Kansas City doesn't run enough to use Kittle's run-blocking ability as well. And we mentioned, obviously, the yards after the catch. I think that Kelsey is a really great third-down target for Kansas City when all their wide receivers stretch the field, and he's able to dominate in space in the middle of the field and get that first down for them. So I, I think they'd actually be worse off if they switch positions. That, that's what I mean. I just think Kelsey, I don't think, would have the same impact in this run-oriented offense whereas Mahomes can get him the ball any single time he wants I I don't know but you're right I think receiving game Kelsey regardless of double team is just a mismatch I don't think we've seen something that dominant since Gronk where it just it doesn't really matter who's on him he's gonna get the ball or draw a penalty but yeah I just I like George Kittle's game he's just 
got that nastiness to him where he wants to run you over, whether it's in the run game or he's going to, you know, push you off and make a huge play. Uh, and you're right. Um, your Jeff at the catch is huge. And even though I don't really like pro football focus because sometimes their stats are absolute junk, uh, supposedly he is their highest rated player of the year. And that probably, you know, accounts to everything he does in the run game. I was just going to say, though, I think, you know, it, it's a really good point. I think, you know, in the high volume passing game, I think, you know, Kelsey looks a lot better if in like a much lower volume, you know, he's not going to get as many touches. He's not going to look as good because Kittle's, I think his main game, especially in the past game, is really getting yards after catch. It's the explosive plays. If he was in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, I'm sure he could do similar things, but you probably wouldn't know that he's such a great dominant run blocker, whereas, and the same thing goes for Kelsey. Kelsey, you wouldn't see him get that many catches, and he doesn't get much yards after the catch, but I agree. He's a complete mismatch for pretty much anybody, I think, including the San Francisco 49ers team as well. Uh, before we move on, uh, I find it kind of weird, uh, really getting back to college, but I was like tight end you when you have a guy like Kittle, Hawkinson, and Noah Fant. Who are you know Noah Fan and Hawkinson obviously were recently in the draft. They're both first rounders. I just find that so odd that you know there's schools that you know oh, they they have the running back talent, they have the, you know the running back talent, they have the the wide receiver talent, the DB talent, and it's literally Iowa's just known for their tight ends and really maybe some O linemen. But I find that kind of funny. Texas Tech they are not really known for their quarterbacks, but this guy's an absolute stud, Patrick Mahomes, guys. If he wins this Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, is he a Hall of Famer already? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, if, if Eli Manning can do it off of just one, I mean, just yeah, that's what, he, what he's done in these past two seasons and just, he, you know, I think you, got, what you guys, you were saying that like, uh, you almost think of him as like Tom Brady kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I see, I see that, but I also see like him just being like a much more automatic threat, like every single play. Like, Tom Brady, as much as I love him, is not as big a threat to score a touchdown, you know, every single moment, like, no matter where he is on the field. We, we know Tom Brady's deep ball ability isn't the greatest, whereas Patrick Mahomes, I feel like there isn't a throw he can't make. I feel like there isn't a play he can't, you know, make. I, I think I feel like there's not, like, a bad play he can, like, come out of. Like, I just think he is the greatest weapon we might have ever seen in football. I honestly think that. I mean, and, and this, you know, it's similar like like a Bo Jackson almost, right? Like, Bo Jackson wasn't around for that long, but he, he's he's an, he's also an incredible player, right? So, I don't know. I think you have to take that into consideration. One for one. After, you know, two full seasons of playing, Jeff's putting him in the Hall of Fame. Cross, what do you think? Yeah, statistically, no. He, he just hasn't played enough games to make it to the Hall of Fame. To me, this is kind of that that old storyline that can you tell the story of that era of football without mentioning that player? Kind of like in baseball, all of these guys who are outside of the Hall of Fame for using steroids. I think it would be, you'd be hard pressed not to include Mahomes somehow, but I just feel like when you've only played, what, 40 career games, how are you going to put the guy in the Hall of Fame already? I think he's as close to a shoe-in as you can possibly be at this point in your career, but I I don't know. I just want to quickly mention Eli Manning saying just because he did it that one time, I know he won two Super Bowls. Uh, come on. He had a pretty decent career. He didn't always have the best talent around him in New York. He had the 10th most game-winning drives of any quarterback of all time. Like, it's not just the two Super Bowl wins for Eli Manning. I, I think the length of your career matters. So one for two. What do you got, Bradshaw? I think. Well, I think if you took out those two Super Bowls, I don't think Eli Manning's and I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. I don't sure. think it's even close. Yep. But, uh, I, I yeah, I, but I do have to agree with Cross. I can't put him in right now 
just because he has he's only played two seasons. Mm. But I think if he obviously if he stayed on this trajectory and played like I don't know three more seasons, if he played five. I think I think that's probably you're probably a lock to get in the Hall of Fame. But I think just have two seasons and he retired right now. I don't think you could put him in. I to me because this is a lot of, you know conversation. Obviously Nick Wright of Fox Sports, he's a huge Kansas City guy. He thinks he's already in if he ends up winning and getting a Super Bowl MVP because he would join a list of only he would be the eighth quarterback in NFL history to do that. The others. Star, Hall of Fame, Montana, Hall of Fame, Young, Hall of Fame, Favre, going to be Hall of Fame, Brady, going to be Hall of Fame, Manning, going to be Hall of Fame, Rodgers, going to be Hall of Fame. He'd be the eighth, which is pretty wild. And, and you're mentioning, oh, can you tell the you know the story of the NFL without him? I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. Because right away, if you're looking at years, 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 oh, you, you had this guy who was the MVP. He had 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, broke every record for Kansas City. Oh, no, he, he wins a Super Bowl the next year, breaking their 50-year drought. I actually think he's a Hall of Famer if he wins the Super Bowl and wins Super Bowl MVP, which is crazy to think. Yes, Troy Aikman has three Super Bowl titles. He, he's not. Don't you dare say anything bad about Troy Aikman. I'm going to come through that glass if you start insulting Troy Aikman right now. Look at Eli Manning's numbers. Eli Manning has had a better career than Troy Aikman, and Troy Aikman's only in because he has a three. Eli Manning also played in a, a higher passing era mm-hmm. than Troy yeah, Aikman, true. though. Like, I, I feel yeah. like their stats are pretty darn comparable when you look at their eras. And I think Aikman was better at taking care of the ball than Manning, too. Oh, okay, now let's look at Joe Namath. He's in the Hall of Fame. He has one of the biggest upset victories when they upset uh, Johnny Unitas in the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three. He has more interceptions than passing touchdowns. I think the reason he's in is because of that upset and because he was such a profitable player and one of the most popular players in football, which is what Patrick Mahomes is right now. He wins a title. He wins a Super Bowl MVP. Hello. Numbers go up. Jersey sales. Kansas City's you know, on a mountain. I think you'd have to put him in. But at least Namath played those seasons, right? Like if Patrick Mahomes retired after the Super Bowl, mm. I think it's a different story because of how short his career is. Okay, quickly before we move on to the next thing, how many players do you think there currently are that are absolute shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame? There's got to be a few dozen. I mean, we, we've been really blessed in this era or maybe even the last two eras, if, if you want to call it that, because, you know, the last three years has kind of ushered in a whole new era of football. I think over the past 15 years, Football fans have really been blessed to see some of the individual talent that we have out there. Like just off, you know, just off the top, J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman. I mean, these these defensive players are would have been amazing in in any era, basically. And there's probably two or three dozen offensive players that you know were just so incredible. They're guaranteed to get in. Gronk, um, Larry Fitzgerald. Like there's so many. Uh, okay, obviously those guys played for a long time. I'm going to go someone who's played it just a little bit longer than Patrick Mahomes, and you tell me if he's a Hall of Famer right now. Michael Thomas. Boy, that's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look at his career statistics. I think he's close, but I, I'm not so sure he's a surefire Hall of Famer quite yet. Because we mentioned this a few times, and obviously we'll get to it uh, later. Shows who are. Um, you know, Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, Coach of the Year, all that stuff in later shows. He's had a better start to his career than Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, who are regarded as the two best wide receivers in football. I, I, I already think there's an argument for Michael Thomas, which is crazy. 
Um, one thing I will say is Michael Thomas on social media has to shut up too. Why, why was he chirping? <laughs> I think we talked about this last. Why was he chirping the Vikings after you lost to the Vikings? You, you know, some guys can't turn that competitive fire off. Yeah. Even when they're eliminated, you know, it, it clearly still burns. That That's actually the kind of player that I would want on my team. Somebody that even after they're eliminated, they're still taking it personally uh, against the team that knocked them out in the next round. I mean, I understand from you, from a Vikings p- fan perspective, it's kind of like, what more can we possibly do to shut you up? We already eliminated you. We don't need to hear from you. You're not part of the picture in this story anymore but I mean I kind of understand the sentiment I guess I don't love that he's hopping on social media but I get where he's coming from okay quickly before we go to bold predictions and our uh, scores and stuff um, I want to talk about running backs because uh, Jeff I know you're a big running back guy I am as well I don't think they're really important anymore which is kind of sad to see it would you take a running back in the first round Jeff They'd have to be like generational, to be honest. With you. Like even like like Saquon or or Christian McCaffrey, pretty much. So you you have to be like the elite of the elite. I don't even know. I mean, like you could take Nick Chubb maybe at the end of the first round. So I guess I'll say yeah, yeah, you could. But they have to be really, really talented. That. That's hilarious because I actually had those two exact names written down <laughs> as the two examples of running backs. I still would have picked high in the first round, CMC and Barkley, and I think. We're going to see, obviously, with a quarterback, that question has kind of come up. If you're if you're drafting a quarterback who can't scramble, are you basically wasting your time? Should you be drafting a quarterback that high if he can't also run the ball? I think that's where we're going to see the running back position go next. Can this guy line up as a wide receiver and get the job done? Because if he can't, then he's probably not worth it. Then again, we just watched Derrick Henry carry an overmatched uh, Titans team almost to the Super Bowl within one game of the Super Bowl. So I think the running back still does matter. If you don't have one of the five best play callers in the NFL, like two of the best are right now coaching in the Super Bowl, I think guys like that can scheme around having two or three running backs. But if you don't have a great play caller and a great play designer, one workhorse running back can make a huge difference for your team. That's the thing. You mentioned Derrick Henry almost got to the Super Bowl. The last running back to have 100 yards in the Super Bowl for the winning team, Dominic Rhodes in 2007. <laughs> I've never even heard of this guy. Wow. No. So, no, no. 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 Well, I would have been, I don't know, I would have been like eight or something. But These children. <laughs> don't, know, don't know nothing about Dominic Rhodes. But I, I just think, to me, and I like seeing running backs get paid as well. Derrick Henry, obviously, a second-round running back as well. But, Bradshaw, you're running a franchise. First round pick. Bradshaw Furlong's team on the clock. Yo, that running back position, you kind of need a new back. Are you going to take one in the first round? No. Absolutely not. Unless it's, again, unless it's like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, but even then, like, you have to be desperate. I I need to be desperate for a running back. I think you've seen seen too many teams now that have been successful doing that running back by committee, whether it's the Patriots, the Colts. The the you see the 49ers doing it right now. The Chiefs, all these teams are getting it done running back by committee, and I just don't think it's a money. You, it's a it's a position you need to spend a lot of money on, which you'd have to if you're taking a running back that high in the draft and then having to pay him eventually. It, I, I I sort of agree, and I used to be a diehard running back guy. My favorite player, um, obviously growing up, was Adrian Peterson. But you saw the Vikings took him 
seventh overall in the draft and you got nowhere. Well, even though they should have went to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl if Brett Favre doesn't throw across his body. But there's only been five first-round running backs over the past 20 years to have reached the Super Bowl. Five. The last one was last year, Sony Michelle, which is and just he, crazy. And he is not very good. No. So I, I just think nowadays it's going to change. You look at you know all the running backs on this roster, Raheem Mostert, undrafted, and it was cut by, what, four different teams? Like, you're eight. seeing a lot of these talented guys, though, like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, as you mentioned. All these guys, a lot of these guys are taken outside of the first round. Mm-hmm. You can find really good running backs outside of the first round that will do the job for you. That can be a workhorse guy. You know, I think kind of bodes actually like against the argument for taking running backs high is actually like the terrible art, like the art of tackling is basically lost. So like almost any decent running back can look pretty good especially bigger ones because i just find like guys will just be like falling off of these running backs Mm -hmm. if they're if they're strong or like big at all so like in 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 the sense that like defenses literally just don't know how to tackle these guys to begin with you it almost kind of bodes like well for them bodes well like like, yeah you could probably take one in the third round you could you could let nick chubb fall to the second round for some reason that's an interesting point as well i don't know if if it's the loss um art of tackling more so i think it's the change of size whereas when it was more run oriented say in the 90s mm-hmm. you wanted the big heavy linebackers the bruising guys the safety to come down and knock you in the mouth whereas now it's so pass oriented they need the speedsters out uh, uh, you know out at corner they need a guy who can cover the whole entire field like earl thomas whereas when you come down to stop the run if you have a guy who's 240 pounds running at you if you don't get him by your ankle by his ankles you're screwed yeah so i uh, it's hard to say, but even me being a running back guy, I don't know if I'd ever spend a first-round pick unless unless the only thing missing was in that Super Bowl game or in that NFC Championship or AFC Championship. You're drafting, say, you know, 28 to the 30, and you had like 15 yards in the game. That would be the only time I would say we're one piece away. We were the worst running team in football and we were in the NFC or AFC title game. Something along the lines of that where you go, we need it. We need it. Let's trade up. Let's get this guy who can make an impact right away. That would be the only time. If you're, which is crazy to think. I love Saquon Barkley, second overall pick, whereas they could have gone Lamar Jackson now, yeah. uh, obviously, or, you know, Quentin Nelson. It, it's just hard to say. Well, think about how bad that Leonard Fournette pick looks. Oh, my like, God. I can't do anything in the pass game at, at all. Mm-hmm. And they took him in the top, what was it, top five? Four. Four? Yeah, they yeah. took him in the top five. So, that I looking back, like that's like then they had that incredible run to the AFC Championship game, but he wasn't even that. He was no. a, he was a part. He was a factor, obviously, but he wasn't the main. He wasn't like Derrick Henry. Like that's the reason they got there. So I, that that pick, like that's looking like one of the worst picks of the last I don't know decade or so. I wonder, even though Christian McCaffrey isn't the greatest, you know, blocking running back, if McCaffrey's on that team instead of Leonard Fournette if they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They might be. Maybe. Right? That's another threat for Blake Bortles. He doesn't have to throw it more than 25 yards. Yeah. I don't know. That's a discussion for another day. Guys, let's get quickly. I know you guys have to get out soon. A bold prediction um, that might happen in the Super Bowl. Bradshaw, what do you got? I talked about the San Francisco 49ers D-line. I'm going to go with they're, they're going to have over five sacks Ooh. as a whole. As just the D-line. About over five sacks. They're going to have Patrick Mahomes over five times. Love it. Crosby, what do you got? 
Well, I think, unfortunately, the refs are going to come back in the spotlight in oh, this game. Oh, you jerk. I, I know, and I, I don't want it to happen, but I really do think one of these coaches is going to challenge a pass interference in this game, and it's going to have an impact. Whether it's a missed pass interference or they're calling it one that wasn't called, I, I really think this is going to happen. Wouldn't that be the most Andy Reid thing ever if he actually won a huge challenge in the Super Bowl to swing the momentum of the game? game I think the refs are going to come in big this this time that could happen you know Kittle and uh, Kelsey draw a lot of holds even Tyree Kill with his speed Jeff what do you got the San Francisco 49ers will have five rushing touchdowns wow I think that's pretty much one of the only ways they can get in there but I do I do think that they're so explosive and I don't think that Casey has anybody that can tackle really an open field so I think they might break a few I like it can I throw a few uh, best bets at you guys and, and see what you think of this? Now, this obviously depends what team you think is going to win. Yeah. But I love the odds on these three defensive players. Nick Bosa, 20 to 1, Super Bowl MVP. Richard Sherman, 40 to 1. I think that's really, really high for Richard Sherman. He's had so many great moments in huge playoff games. Uh, If he can snag a pick or two, that wouldn't surprise me if he could win. And then finally, Tyran Matthews, 66-1. to I think if anyone on the Chiefs defense can win that MVP, it's him. I like all three of those bets. You know what? I was thinking before. Like, oh, you know, I want to sprinkle some money around on uh, who's going to win a Super Bowl MVP. I was thinking Matthew because I think he could make a big play. Garoppolo sometimes doesn't, you know, wait to, you know, fire in that pass and a pick six, something like that. That could change the game completely. It would be huge. Uh, my bold prediction, you know, I love Debo Samuel. I'm going to say Debo Samuel has more rushing yards than the whole entire Chiefs team. Wow. I, I think the Chiefs are just going to stick to passing the ball. That's what they've been great at all year. And obviously, you got to put the ball in Mahomes' hands. Hey, Debo Samuel is going to run off for a long one. That is my bold prediction. But, guys, let's get to our picks for the game. I'll get us started. I said at the beginning of the year, I said the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. I had them beating the Eagles, though. So, you know, really, I I still look like an idiot. I'm going to go Chiefs 31-23, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl MVP. Jeff? I will go uh, San Francisco 49ers 38, the Kansas City Chiefs 21. Wow, 38-21, buddy. Uh, Who's Super Bowl MVP then? I think it's Nick Bosa. Probably he probably gets like two, two and a half, three sacks. Even though they're getting five rushing Maybe touchdowns. Well, it is spreading but it all gonna, around. It's going to be it's going to be spread around. That's why I couldn't get any but of them. Still, it's almost have multiple rushing touchdowns. Well, not necessarily. Okay. Garoppolo I mean, could get one. Brita. We're gonna have they're gonna have five different San Francisco 49ers. Get I, I also think sweet too. I, I, I could see Even Nick Bolder. Bosa getting a turnover as well in one of those sacks. Sure. Well. Oh, I, 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 I definitely think so for sure. <laughs> I, thought, I, I, I just think in a game where they're going to get five rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's you know maybe like two for Mostert, right? And then one will just be like, oh, he just kind of pounded it. And then Breda, and then maybe Garoppolo will just you know quarterback sneak or something. Right, dumb. Fair enough. Once you brought up Nick Bosa, I was thinking you're going. Well, I'm 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 I think Nick Bosa. They might pull him in at fullback and let him <laughs> punch it in. Uh, Crosby, uh, what's your score? I'm going to go Chiefs 34-31 in a shootout. And uh, you know, from the sounds of all of our predictions, we all think this is going to be a pretty good game. Except for Jeff, who's going to blow him out. It just has that feel. It just, it, you know, like, it's kind of like the Denver Broncos, uh, Seattle the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Ooh. That's what worries me. Is the only thing is uh, when it's defense versus offense. And I saw, uh, I think we discussed this, Crosby. The last over the fifteen last fifteen years, there's only been seven teams that have more than fifty five sacks to reach the Super Bowl. The seventh is the Niners. All the others won the Super Bowl. So that that I think it's either going to be a shootout and Mahomes goes crazy, or the Niners just pump them. 
That's that's the one thing that scares me. And I, the only reason I'm giving them a bit of credit is because of Mahomes. Bradshaw, what do you got? Niners twenty eight twenty four. I think the I think that defense shuts it slows it down a little bit. Who do you have a Super Bowl MVP? <sighs> Give me. I, I I'll go Nick. I'll go Nick Bosa. I'll go Jeff. But I just don't think they're gonna have five rushing touchdowns. That's the that's the difference. Who Crosby? Who was your Super Bowl MVP? I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, too. That's the easy answer, yeah. but I feel like if the Chiefs win in a shootout, like I think they're going to, it pretty much has to be Mahomes. I, I So that's wild. Two votes for Mahomes and two votes for a defensive end to win the Super rookie. Bowl MVP. What, you know, rookie at that, yeah. Who was the last defensive end to win the Super Bowl MVP? I don't think we've had one. Not in a while, at least. Because we had uh, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Uh, Lewis won... Uh, the the safety for the uh, Buccaneers. Was it? It's what, been a what, long what, time. Would it have been? Was it Richard Dent that won it? I don't even remember. <laughs> Not that I was there, but I, I'm just saying. I don't know. So it sounds like random defensive players win this. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I should, so maybe not. I should be picking Quan Alexander. Ba- or the yeah. Witherspoon guy who might get back, oh, back boy. in that corner. Back in 1978, Dallas Cowboys Harvey Martin defensive end won Super Bowl MVP. Ooh. I think that might have been the only time in Super Bowl history. That's pretty wild. Wow. Uh, Super Bowl... What Super Bowl was it? Five. I think Super Bowl five, the Cowboys lost to the Steelers, and it was actually... A uh, uh, defensive linebacker, uh, Chuck Howley. And they lost. They lost that game. He's the only one to win the Super Bowl MVP on the losing team. Either way, guys, that's it for us. So we got a 2-2 and split. Niners winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Crosby and I believe the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And a 2-2 split. Nick Bosa and Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl MVPs. Guys, that is it for us. Uh, Stay tuned for some later shows. We'll have some draft updates. We're going to go through our awards, uh, coaching, free agents, all that jazz on the way. This is Pick 6. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday.